Welcome to Solace, Soul Plus Grief. We're glad you're here. I'm your host, Candy Lucas. We founded this podcast with the idea of having people listen to weekly reflections, verses, and thoughts, poems, and prayers as you travel with God in your grief. What we know is that grief upends people's lives. And we want to be a little corner of that journey with you. So sit back and listen to this week's episode. We're brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries. And you're always welcome here in our circle of healing love and support. I came across some notes of mine. I'd made for a recent memorial service, and I wanted to share them with you today. It's an introduction to our discussion. Being in grief is like being dismembered, as opposed to remembered. We are cast out of our old lives with those we loved, having opened our hearts to one another we try to take that feeling back into the world and practice the open-heartedness that is necessary for us to continue. We try to look forward and not backward and not live in a shadowed past. We try to take our hearts back into the world so that they may continue to be opened in compassion and love for others. We try to leave behind our fears We try to look into the future and see the possibilities there. We refuse to give in to shallow doubts. We need to learn to lean back into God's embrace when we feel uneasy. Let Him lead us and direct us and walk with us. We learn to be quiet in His presence, to let Him speak to us in the silence to wait patiently for Him to take our hand. Mostly, we hope to remain mindful, to allow God all the time and space He needs to be with us as we travel. Lastly, may we just let the mystery be. Today, a friend from grief, Linda, and I share a discussion exploring once again why grief isn't simple. Here is that discussion. I will start with my introduction. I'm Candy. I'm the aftercare coordinator at Catholic Cemeteries. And we're talking to some of the people I've met along the way of my grief journey and my being with people and walking with people and meeting people who are also on their own grief journey. So we're going to talk tonight a little bit about why grief isn't simple. Okay. And I'm Linda. I am a, I was the grief counselor at our parish that I belong to. And as luck would have it, things change and people move on and it was not need, no longer needed there. But I joined that group uh, about six months after my husband passed away. And it was wonderful to be able to talk about the things I was feeling and experiencing 
with other people who had walked that same road. It really helped me to realize that grief wasn't simple and that everything I was feeling was acceptable. And even though I thought I was doing good, about a year and a half later, I looked back at where I was and went, wow, what a change. And yes, we can, you know, tell ourselves, oh, yeah, we're okay. We're doing good. We're walking. We're taking steps one step at a time. But it was really quite the change that I could see after I looked back at it after about a year and a half. And then even still today, 10 years later, I can feel myself, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do anything. I lie down, take a little nap. And I go, you know what's really going on, Linda? You're kind of sad. It's an anniversary or it's coming up on an anniversary. Get together with some friends. Get out there. Talk with your friends. Share your memories. They'll share other memories with you. And and you'll get out of this little rut. So that was, that's my big advice is when you feel good and a little bit depressed, go ahead and let it sit for a little while, let it simmer for a little bit, but then talk yourself out of it. Just say, hey, I realize I, I need my friends. So, and that has really helped me a lot. That's such good advice because part of that too is what you talked about of sitting with it, acknowledging yes. it, um, exactly. letting it, you know, sitting with it however long you need to, uh, having your sad moment, not denying yourself that. I think that's so, so important because we're, as a society, we're so used to like pushing our feelings down and it's like, oh, well, I need to attend to this. So I'll, you know, I'll feel this later. That was, one, yeah, that was one of the most important lessons I learned. Um, my mom died. And when she died, her mother, my grandma, was still alive and she needed taken care of. And there, there was just all those kind of things that you have to take care of when somebody dies. I didn't attend to my grief at that time. It took me until 30 years. That anniversary year came up. And all of a sudden I went, you know, I just never took the time. I mean, I had some sadness and there was, there was times. But I was just so busy making sure everybody made it through life. And I know people have that happen because lots of times, whether the death is anticipated or not, there's so many things to attend to that you just have a tendency to put aside. That's very true. In fact, I have a personal experience with doing that as well. When I was 17 years old, my brother was killed in an accident. And I come from a large family. We had mm -hmm. nine children, mm -hmm. plus my parents. And my family kind of started falling apart. So I stayed strong and I didn't cry. And I was kind of like who everyone looked to for a little bit of support. After about seven or eight months, I had a dream one night. And I dreamt my brother walking with me down the street by the middle school, by our house. And I said, what are you doing here, Ken? And he goes, I'm here because you need me, but you don't need me anymore. So I'm going to go away now. I said, okay. And then he went off and I, and I was done being that strong, supportive person. I had, you know, a period of time where I was able to cry and mm -hmm. everything else and mm -hmm. let it all out. But it was just so beautiful to me to know that he was walking with me because I needed him. Yes. That's such a great story. And so it's... even though we don't attend to it, we're being attended to. Right. That was what I was that is an excellent way to put it. We're being attended to. Well, 
the other thing about grief not being simple, I, but ever since this came up, I've been thinking about it a lot. And, and it looks to the outside to people who have been through a, a big loss. But from the outside, it does look kind of simple. It looks like, oh, you'll be sad, and then you'll stop being sad, and then your life will go back to normal. That's what it looks like from the outside. Right, yeah, that's what it looks like, but that's not the truth. <laughs> that's not it at all. That's not it at all. I mean, it's got to be one of the most complicated human conditions there is because we have so many losses in our lives, big ones, little ones, you know, and then huge ones that just change the course of our lives and just blow us, well, blow us off course, you know, you can't really get ready. You know, there's not a handbook. You can't prepare for it, really. You kind of maybe... If you have, like my mom, when she was dying, we knew she was dying. And so I kind of would rehearse what that would be like in my head. But you can't really do that. You can't really think what those emotions are going to be if you haven't experienced them ever before. So That's very true. And everybody's grief walk is different. And some people go back to the same step over and over again. And that's okay, because that's where you are. And That's that's the most important thing. That's so true. So, so true. Did you go to a a support group like right away after your husband died? It was about six months after my husband that I went. Yeah. I think he passed in May and I think I started in October or November going to the the group. What kind of uh, spurred you on to do that? Do you remember? Actually, I don't recall. Uh, (laughs) I think that there was. I think that the uh, leaders of the group invited me a couple of times. Uh, they had sent me some cards, if I recall, you know, supp- expressing their, their support of me and their condolences mm-hmm. and said, by the way, we have this group if you'd like to join us. So. Good. It's good to know yeah. somebody reached out to you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And they taught me that dying is funny sometimes. It's okay to laugh when during some moments, right? That's true. It is. And that's the only way you sometimes can deal with it. Exactly. There's a large range of emotions through the process. And it's so true. So true. So I have a very funny moment. Do you? Please share. Please share. I married a man that was about 13 and a half years older than me. Mm -hmm. And so as he was, after he was diagnosed, we prayed for a miracle, of course. And we received a miracle of acceptance. Mm-hmm. We didn't receive the miracle of a cure. Uh, but we went, we marched forward. And about uh, a couple months later, I said, you know, honey, I told you when I married you that it was okay if you died before I turned 50. But not before I turned 49, okay? So <laughs> he's like, okay, all right, no problem, no problem. Fast forward another month or two and he's in his last stages and it's my birthday is coming up. And I said, look, I told you not before I'm 49, you know, he died two and a half hours into the next day. So I turned 49 and then at two 30 in the morning, he away the next day. Bless so, <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm like, but I was, and then the whole time I was like, okay, look, I didn't tell you, I didn't mean you had to, wait. you had to go, you got to go. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he enjoyed that little humorous bit, even though he didn't get to share it that with yeah. you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Isn't it strange how you find 
And again, when my, my mom died, I didn't really have God in my life. I was ignorant. I was an ignorant person. Didn't have a relationship with God. As I have grown with that relationship, I just found that that has made all, all this grieving richer, more meaningful. It's made me able to carry on that relationship with that person that's gone. Something I didn't have before. That's why I think, you know, that's kind of why I continue to do this work because I keep seeing that happen in people's lives when God, you know, kind of picks them up and says, yeah, I'm going to walk with you in this. Yes. We're going to do this. He walks us through. He is with us all the time. Even if we can't feel his presence, he is there. Right. Even when we get angry at him. Oh, yes. He's big enough to take it. Easy to do in grief. Yes. Very easy to do. Very he is easy still there. Do. He's actually, what, he's, he's carrying that cross. He's got yeah. big shoulders. <laughs> but I think, I think it feels, and this is another grief isn't simple part, is people who have a strong relationship with God and then suffer a loss and then they feel, you know, not absence from him, but they feel a little separate from him you know he feels less available to them at first because they're so a loss like that is so disorienting it's also very physical yes i i probably the first year i was i actually it was i was my heart was broken and my muscles all around my rib and whole upper torso were so tight and i finally got like I tried chiropractor and finally did some acupuncture. And it was over a year later that finally everything started relaxing. And it was probably six months after that that I realized I had a broken heart. My body was just trying to hold me together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a realization. And so it can't be so physical and you don't know it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's such a really good physical example of how grief kind of sneaks up on you. You know, (laughs) and you think you're, yes, I'm dealing with this. Well, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe not so much. Yes, exactly. (laughs) As you said, you you and your husband had discussed, uh, you know, where this was going. This was not. Yeah, you both knew. So it makes such a difference for people to have. I think it does make a difference in their grief. Um when they have some time to prepare, it just, it's not simpler. It no, just, it's, not, it's right? just a different yeah. experience when there's been some time to kind of, as you said, your miracle was acceptance. Exactly. That and if is I didn't a, have that miracle, I would not have been in the same place. That's a it huge really miracle. And it was for him as well. Oh, that's so good. That's yeah. so good. I'd love Thank to hear you. that. Yeah, Linda, any last tips for our listeners? Would you recommend a group or not a group or it's not for anybody? I would definitely recommend that someone go to a group if they are invited to go to one. Mm-hmm. For some people, it take for some people are very comfortable in it and it really works for them. Other people don't, but give yourself the chance. Right. Don't go just once. Go go a few times. You know, a lot of times I had one gal that came and she didn't say anything for six weeks. And then she came the next time and really opened up. And, yeah. You know, uh, because she, she realized at that point that it was a safe place for her to 
could talk about her grief yeah. Yeah. by listening to everybody else talk about their grief. Yes. Finding a, that safe place is kind of key. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, stopping by. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me this evening. Okay. <laughs> that brings to a close another episode. I'm Candy Lucas, the aftercare coordinator for Catholic cemeteries in San Jose. I'm also a palliative care chaplain and a spiritual director. One-on-one spiritual direction is available at no charge through Catholic cemeteries. Please subscribe to this podcast on Amazon Music, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You can contact us through the email or phone number in the show notes. Be gentle with yourselves. Travel with God. Vaya con Dios.